listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is my interview with the composer for Oppenheimer, Academy Award winner Ludwig Göransson. We imagine a future, and our imaginings horrify us. They won't fear it. until they understand it. And they won't understand it until they've used it. Theory will take you only so far. Ludwig Gorenson Academy Award winner. Ludwig, welcome back to the show. We last previously spoke with you for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and now we're speaking with you for Christopher Nolan's latest film, Oppenheimer. First of all, how are you? <laughs> Thanks, Matt. It's uh, great to be back. I'm um, great. I'm just excited to be here. I'm really excited to have you here, too, because this is now the second time that you've gotten a phone call from Chris saying, Ludwig, it worked out the last time. Let's have you come back again <laughs> for Oppenheimer. <laughs> I, I do want to know, because I'm sure you got questions about this uh, back when you worked on Tenet. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Hans Zimmer's collaboration with Nolan is so like documented. How does it feel to like be now, the second film in a row, his go-to guy for composing? Uh, it's not a one-off. Like He very likely is going to call you back again, I imagine, in the future. So what is it just like, that partnership that you have with Nolan that obviously translated and worked so well to have him give you a call back again? Well, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Chris is, and I think one, one of the things why, why he is so successful is that he has these great collaborations, collaborations, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I was a big fan. I loved everything he did with, with both Hans Zimmer and, and Dave Julian. And, and I think how they changed cinema and how they changed the music's role in cinema and, and was, was, was extremely exciting. And, um, but also, you know, once Chris start working with someone, like they 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 have this uh, you know relationship, and and I think that's also why I see that his movies are so so successful is that he keeps he keeps these relationships and they're growing together and they're they're making you know it's movie making magic. I imagine the shorthand probably also adds to like the efficiency of you know uh, working together and just creating uh, new material because you know you guys already got the. Hello, nice to meet you. Tell me about, you know, your background. Like you, all that's out of the way. You do know each other and you've developed that relationship at this point. So you could just like start getting straight to work. Yeah, I mean, in the end, it's all about trust. Mm-hmm. You know, you're trusting you, you, in, in you, you value each other's opinions. And, you know, even though Chris Chris has a crystal clear image of what he wants to do in, in all aspects of his filmmaking, in all departments, but also he's extremely inviting in my opinion my views my ideas and it's that push back and forth that that you know creates 
um, uh, creates new adventures and, 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 and pushing the boundaries. Absolutely. And you guys are certainly pushing some serious boundaries with this film, mixing the epic with the intimate in terms of theme, story, character, and also with the score, too. Um, I think, and I could be wrong in saying this, so correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. is this the most score you've ever composed for a single film? Because the film's already three hours in length. I think there's not a single scene in this movie where your score isn't playing. It felt like it, just a, a mammoth amount of score that had to be created for this project. Yeah, it was. It was. I, I mean, I, I think it's about you know. I mean, it's not. It's not. It's not wall to wall, but it's 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 a lot of music. You know. It's, yeah. It's about two and a half hours, I think, and and that's that's a large amount of music. But you also you need, you know, what's special about this this movie is that it's written from a first person perspective. So mm -hmm. in, you're living throughout. Oppenheimer's eyes you're, you're through his mind so the music has to fill that whole spectrum of all his emotions and it's not easy it's not he's not a he's not an easy character he's a com very complex genius mm -hmm. and there's so much going on internally and so all that has to come out in music so that's why you know that's why there's there's a lot of different types of music in there so you're expressing music through emotion of what that character is feeling in a scene primarily. Would you say like that's a driving force, if you will, when you are approaching a scene? Absolutely. The, the audience needs to feel what he feels. They need mm -hmm. to be inside of him instead of judging him, you know, so so the music has to do all of that work. Yeah. I read somewhere that you primarily use the violin to express um, Oppenheimer as a character through this score. Can you talk to me a bit about how you mix classical instruments such as that with electronic sounds? Because I feel very strongly that when I listen to this score, it both has a sense of familiarity while also sounding like something fresh and new, unlike anything I've uh, heard before. Well, that's kind of you to say. Yeah, it's it was one of the first notes that Chris ever had uh, on the on the music was to he wanted to experiment with the violin and the sound of the violin and how you can use that instrument to 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 uh, characterize Oppenheimer's personality. And my wife Serena Gorenson is an incredible violinist, so I, I had the opportunity to work with her on on elaborating those incredibly intimate violin um, performances and. You know, what's special about and what Chris wanted to experiment with was how you can take one of those like a really beautiful romantic vibrato and a tone. And then within the split of a second, you can change the intensity of that and the performance to something horrific and erotic, mm -hmm. manic. And you can go in between those feelings in a, in, in a very interesting way. And I think that's 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 what Oppenheimer needed. And then also also the scope and the dynamic of it you know it starts with with a very personal journey and musical journey and then it ends almost in an, in an operatic sense mm -hmm. and so starting with just one solo violin but then as the journey develops you know you have four violins coming in it's 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 almost like that scene uh, when he has his first class and mm -hmm. when he starts teaching to there's one student first and you have one violin playing and then four people comes in there's four violin and then there's the whole class comes in you have the whole orchestra joining in so it's that that dance with him that journey that he takes and i thought that, that was that was so um exciting to 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 channel that with the instrumentation and then starting off like that i want to start writing the the music then it was really important for me to to get the emotional core right mm -hmm. that's why i started off with 
just organic instruments, just the violin, piano, harp. And I knew when, when we got that right, we would be able to infuse it with the synths and a modern production. And it's almost like the synths and the modern production is, is kind of the channeling the impending doom that's, you know, eventually happening. I love that. Love hearing that. That's awesome. Can you tell me a little bit about working on a period piece? Sometimes when I talk to composers, they'll say, oh, well, you know, tried to find something from the period to incorporate into the score. Was there any uh, specific instruments or any inspiration gathered from the time period in which the story takes place that found its way into the score for you? Absolutely. I think I think I mean, one of the most interesting aspects of Chris filmmaking is that it's you know, even though this movie is a, is a period piece, every aspect of it, I feel like is timeless. You mm -hmm. know, you, you look at the costume designs, the clothes, you know, that's something people would wear at the time. But I would see people down here on the street in New York <laughs> wearing those clothes. Rocking, the, rocking those fedoras <laughs> today, you know, yeah, yeah. 20 years, you know, and the same with the visual effects. You know, it's 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 not, you know, it's it's all analog it's not cgi cgi you can you can put a you can put a timestamp on no oh, that was mm -hmm. five years from now i can see that on the cgi you know or and it, i wanted that same feeling with the music you know i wanted obviously some instrumentation and and from the time but how can you push that forward how can you how can you make this movie in a way make the sound of the music in a way it couldn't have been done before don't you know that you're a grown up I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Other than uh, Oppenheimer getting that specific sound through the violin, I'm curious to also know, too, because it is such a subjective point of view, he's in every single scene of the movie, was there room for other characters to also have their own distinguishable uh, sounds within the score? Or was it primarily driven, like you said, by this is that point of view of Oppenheimer, we're going to try and keep it solely based around him for themes and things like that that would find their way through the score? No, there's there's a lot of other characters that have their own instrumentations, you know, and for example, like, I mean, you know, Oppenheimer is, is is characterized by the violin and 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 also I would say Kitty, too, because he sees a lot of himself in her you know, mm -hmm. the relationship the 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 you know, the, the darkness and the depression and, you know, that so that kind of ties them together. But, for example, with Kitty, you have her theme played by the piano in this light tones. And, you know, the piano is such a is, is such a complex instrument. So, you know, you, you, you start off with a light feeling for her. But then when it, you know, towards the end, when she's doing her trial and she's doing her testimony, it flow is it's, it's coming out in this beautiful symphony. Yeah. And then obviously you have that the modern sound design, which, you know, I, I would say the first act of the movie is very much driven by this organic uh, elements with the, with, the, with the orchestra and the solo strings and the solo violin. But mm -hmm there's this turn in music i would say in the second act when up until then everything is all 
it's all scribbles it's all theory it's all you know fantasy almost but then in the second act there's an actual bomb there they actually made all this into a physical thing mm-hmm. and the music the tone of the music completely changes and you yeah. get that lush landscape to just these two elements this like really like thumping bass and this little tiny like metallic sound on top of it that's yeah ticking 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 and like and you're like people are like shit this is we're we're really at this moment where we could blow the whole world up the whole world changed forever (laughs) in that very moment so why wouldn't the music change to reflect that it makes perfect sense to me exactly absolutely um tell me a bit about the creative decision to not feature music during that big moment was that always part of the plan did you ever compose a piece for that and toyed around with some ideas with chris or no i think i think that was you know i I, i'm sure that he already had that in his head when he was writing the script Mm -hmm. you know those seconds of of silence and how and the how everything builds up to that i think is is one of the genius as a storyteller yeah and how that makes you feel you know. I agree. It's all inspiring, uh, yeah. but also piggybacking off of that. Then, yeah. what is it like working with the uh, sound technicians and the team that are so integral to creating a sonic landscape uh, for this film? Playing around with the sound mixing of your score, in particular, like what are those conversations like, and where in the process do you all collaborate together? It's very, you know, it's very, we're very much part of this, of the family. And especially mm-hmm. when we come to the dub stage and, and I'm there a lot and I'm very much part of that process. You know, something, something about the score that I, that I didn't even think about until I saw the movie when it was done was that there's no drums, you know, there's no drums in the score. Yeah. And that was, you know, it wasn't, I don't, I'm not sure if we had those conversations early on, but, but. One of the things that that was always was in the movie was these footsteps, you know, and and the and how that really has a significant part of the sound design. And and I think also and I think when when there is no drums in the score, in the whole score, like the, those elements really height, you know, heightens, you know, you really feel the attention and the 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 of, of those footsteps and also the explosion of the bombs. You know, it really it has a visceral cathartic feeling inside of your body. It's almost like creating an action score without the elements that one would typically use to create an action score. Because when I watch this movie, the tension, the propulsive, dramatic storytelling that's taking place, it it just constantly moves you forward with like a sense of urgency and helps you to, like you said, feel the themes of nuclear destruction being imminent, all stemming from this historical moment in our history. I think it really crescendos in the final uh, scene of the movie before the credits and Nolan films are just so famous for their endings Uh, I've seen them often cited by so many people as man this guy knows how to end a movie (laughs) and so can you tell me a bit about building and building and building the score to that dramatic moment right before it cuts to black and says Oppenheimer yeah yeah no you're right I mean yeah, that that whole building it really came out from from the first time you hear that type of building, which is in in the in the in the opening one of the opening montages of the of the film when Kenny Bryan tells Kelly Murphy, "He's like, can you hear the music?" Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and it goes into that piece of music that that also channels the ending too. But but it's that 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 I remember when I one of the first things that I saw after reading the script was I went into a, I went into an IMAX theater and I saw an early experiment of the visual effects that he and. Chris and the visual effects supervisor Andrew Jackson were working on, 
And it was just a darkened room. And I sit there and I see these like fluorescent lights just hitting my face. These atoms just swirling, getting faster and faster and faster and faster. And, and I was like, damn, this is amazing. Like I want, this is what I want the music to sound like. And, but I was also kind of scary because like, how do I make music sound like this? Like it's mm -hmm. with, that, with those tempo changes and having that kind of chaos and that tempo. And because I also knew that I wanted to do it live too, mm -hmm. live positions. And, and, and that piece of music especially was very difficult. Um, and I didn't think it was actually possible to, to, to create a recording, a continuous recording is a two minute piece of music that, that goes from, that has 10, 21 tempo changes um, within itself. And I don't think we, we would be able to record it in one take. But Serena, my wife, she was like, you know, she, she played in that orchestra for 20 years. And she's like, these musicians are some of the best, you know, they're the best orchestra in the world. And they're used, they can do anything. So so we figured out a new way of recording them with 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 tempo and with click in their headphones. And we were able to get that whole in performance in one take. Wow, that's amazing to hear. Um, so I want to know, just from working on Tenet with Chris before heading into Oppenheimer, what was the biggest takeaway that you brought from that collaboration on the first film into Oppenheimer? Um, well, for me, it was just, you know, Chris has this crystal clear image on what he's trying to do, on mm -hmm. what he wants to do, what he wants things to be like. But also what's so great about working with him is that he's also very open to my ideas my input and my point of view mm -hmm. and since i knew that from tenant you know we kind of do it right into that with oppenheimer we're it's, it's like it's an it's always an exchange of ideas pushing mm -hmm. and pulling and push so that's i think that's how we're able to push you know we're always trying to push the boundaries of the story and the, and the music and that, that that's so what's so exciting about working with them and also in the end it's extremely re uh, rewarding because you feel like you get out on the other side and you feel like you learn a bunch of new stuff yeah about yourself, as a composer and about music and 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 that's why i love doing what i'm doing and, and every project i do i want to feel like I'm, I'm learning something and i also want to feel like i'm uh, and also with my approach i want to feel like i'm approaching everything in in like i'm discovering something new and i'm doing doing everything in a different way or relearning uh, science yeah. all over again. Uh, <laughs> I, I tell you, I watched this movie and I was like, I'm hearing terms that I haven't heard in years since I was back in school. <laughs> um, but talking about something that's rewarding, what would you say was the most challenging aspect of Oppenheimer that when you walked away from it, you said, we, we got it, we nailed it. I'm so satisfied with how it turned out. Um, yeah, I would say, I would say, uh, something that I never done before would be like yeah channel you know how you get the music to sound like it's from one person's point of view yeah get all of his emotions out there in music and then and then also just just capturing that um that feeling of the the, the incredible visuals and how do you capture that um with music um those were those were the biggest um challenges well I will say this you guys knocked it completely out of the park it was an experience unlike any that I've had in recent memory and I think audiences are going to absolutely be in awe of what you have all created with this soundscape this story the visuals it's a movie where Chris's vision like you said it's so crystal clear because every single department is bringing something unique and it's somehow all fitting together to create this incredibly immersive memorable experience so 
Ludwig, thank you for your contributions on that. And really, really appreciate you coming here to talk with us a bit about the score. Uh, can you tell us what you have coming up next in the future, if you're allowed to? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm literally here. Like, I'm going to watch the movie tomorrow, and then I'm still very much in this moment. And then after that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take some time enjoying the summer, spend my time with my family, my, my young kids, and, and, you know, just, just, you know, I'm, you know, want, I want the next thing to, to, to be the right thing. So I'm not, I'm not in a rush on, on anything right now. That's great. Well, congratulations once again. I sense another Oscar nomination coming your way for this incredible score. And thank you so much for the time today. No, it's great talking to you. To see you soon. All right. Take care. All right. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with the composer for Oppenheimer, Ludwig Gorenson, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Oppenheimer is now currently playing in theaters and can be seen in various formats, including IMAX 70mm. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we will see you all next time. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily.